are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. I was right. The cast list for Joey's season was going to come out over the weekend. It came out on Saturday. I found every contestant's last name and Instagram in six hours. Record time for me. And we're going to go over that today. Some news and notes from some of them uh, that I've already been given. Some that's already out there publicly. If by just Googling them, we are going to talk uh, about the challenge. We're going to talk about talk shows not coming back to work. 90s Con took place this past weekend in Tampa, Florida. Got some thoughts on that, and we're going to talk about what happened on Big Brother last night. And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, so let's start. As you know, on Friday, I said, look, Joey's season is starting either Tuesday or Wednesday. The women are arriving on Friday. That means... We're probably going to get the cast list Saturday or Sunday. It came out on Saturday morning. 32 women as part of the cast. We know that not all 32 will make the final cast. My guess is they probably cut two, maybe three, but we shall see. We won't know until, obviously, filming starts, but filming starts uh, this week. It starts, I believe. I mean, if they arrive Friday, that probably means it's either starting Tomorrow or Wednesday, Wednesday at the latest. They don't keep them. We're out of COVID where they have to quarantine for 10 days or whatever. Once people arrive, they don't keep them there more than three or four days before filming starts. So my guess is it's going to start tomorrow night. But keep your eye out on social media. Maybe Jesse Palmer will post something. Maybe um, Robert Mills will post something. Either way, it's either starting tomorrow or Wednesday at the latest. So the women came out. Uh, 32 of them should not be much of a surprise that only four of the 32 women are 30 years of age or older. And if you look at it, actually, three of them are exactly 30 years old. Samantha Hale, Medina Alam, and Lexi Young. And then Kelsey Toussaint is 31. So, again, I, I say this every season, but it seems to be uh, a broken record for a lot of people because everyone says, oh my gosh, look at how young they are. It's like, people, they have been this young for all 28 seasons of The Bachelor. No matter if your Bachelor is Brad Womack, who is in his late 30s when he was The Bachelor, or if it was Nick Vial, who was 35, or Ari, he was 36, right around those ages, the women are still going to be a majority of them in their 20s. That's just the way this show works. This should not surprise you. In the least bit, four out of 32 are 30 or older. And what's Joey, 28, 29? It just goes to show. And you can be like, well, they're not 24 year olds, not ready to get married. But you could have said that for the last 28 seasons because that's who basically is cast on this show. There are twins, not twin sisters, excuse me. There are sisters on the show this year Allison and Lauren Hollinger. Lauren is the older one at 28, Allison is 26. The interesting thing to note about them, and I don't know if there's any sort of connection here, but Lauren and Allison are both from Philly, and we know that Joey is from the is from Pennsylvania. He does not live in Hawaii anymore. I think he has moved. So once this show is done and he's doing all his media stuff, and then once it's done airing in the middle of March, I think he's going to determine whoever he picks where he's going to choose to live because you can say like, oh, what woman is going to move to Hawaii for him? That's out of the question because I don't believe he lives in Hawaii anymore. He has officially moved. So um, the, uh, the there's Allison. There is Lauren, her sister. They're both from Philly. Lainey Latsios is from Philly. 
I don't know if that gives them an edge. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but three women from Philly this season, and two of them obviously being sisters. There is something that a lot of people sent to me yesterday once the women, or excuse me, on Saturday when the women were posted. That is Erica Cardenas. If you Google her name, you know that there's a picture of her from 2018 hanging out and seemingly arm-in-arm or with Justin Thoreau, Jennifer Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband, and Justin Thoreau. The interesting thing is, in the picture of Justin Thoreau and Erica Cardenas from 2018, they identify her as 25-year-old Erica Cardenas. Well, when the Castles came out Saturday, they have her at 25 in the year 2023. So my guess is people probably got it wrong. Erica is not telling ABC she's five years younger than she really is. So my guess is when Justin Thoreau was seen with Erica Cardenas back in 2018, he was seeing somebody who was 20 years old, 21, around that. And Justin Thoreau, I believe, was 48, 46 at the time or something. Look, Hollywood men date very, very young women. This isn't anything new. But we, And we don't know the extent of her relationship with Justin Thoreau, but clearly she was with him. She knows him. She is a model in, uh, in New York. So take that in consideration for whatever it means. Um, might not mean much, but what I do know is in that picture that people – had posted of Justin and Erica back in 2018 and identified her as 25 years old. So she couldn't have been 25 in 2018 and is still 25 in the year 2023, as far as I know, unless she went on that one flight in Manifest (laughs) and lost five years of her life or something. Anyway, uh, but that's that's it for uh, Erica Cardenas. Um, It looks to be like there is some sort of Bachelor connections with a few of these people. Who is Sydney Gordon uh, is known by Ashley and Jared and no Sydney Gordon. If you look at Sydney Gordon's hometown, it says Newport, Rhode Island. So very not surprising that Ashley and Jared, who live in Rhode Island, don't they? Uh, or own the, have the restaurant in Rhode Island. Yeah, they live there. They seem to know Sydney Gordon. Uh, on Saturday, also, Kate, Katie Thurston posted an Instagram page where she did some sort of event back in May with Daisy Kent and Daisy Kent is someone who has a cochlear implant. Apparently she's very open about it. And her TikTok account has a lot of followers because she talks openly about her hearing loss on her TikTok account. So Daisy Kent could be someone to pay attention to this season. We obviously know Leah Kayanan. She was the one at the after the final rose Hopefully we'll find out soon after filming starts what exactly that letter that she has to bring to Joey out of the limo, what it actually means. I saw a lot of people, obviously this happens a lot during the season, especially when the women are announced. It's people give their immediate reactions to a lot of these women. I had so many people DMing me just with a picture of one of the 32 women like, oh, she's definitely going far. She's definitely going to win. Joey's picking her. Look, I have no idea who Joey's picking, and neither do you. You're purely guessing at this point, and your guesses don't really mean anything because if none of them come true, then you're never going to bring it up again. And if one of them comes true, you're going to be like, see, I told you. So let's just stop with the guessing. It doesn't really make a lot of sense because you don't know anything. Nobody knows anything at this point. 
Here's what I do know, though. I'm telling you right now, I want Joey to pick Zoe Antona, the one I posted about on Friday. I posted three women that I knew were going to be on the show or knew were going to be part of this list on Friday. That was Zoe Antona, Sandra Rabati, and who was the other one I posted? It was, oh, Medina Alam. So those were the three that I had heard that I knew were going to be on, and then the cast list came out the next day, set a world record for quickest in finding all 32 women. Well, I had to find only 28 because those three and Leah were already known, but finding 28 women and their last names and Instagram accounts in six hours, i got to pat myself on the back for that one. I've never found them all that quick. They're on my highlights on Instagram stories, and they are on my Instagram feed. So anytime you hear me talk about these women in the next few weeks, I'll usually include a picture, but they're all there for you to look at because after probably today or tomorrow, all the women's pictures are going to be off the Bachelor Facebook page. That's what they do. When filming starts, they take them all down. Don't ask me why, but that's what they do. But you will have access to these women to look at all season up until while the show is filming, up until they're allowed to come back on social media, which is not until filming ends, which is right around Thanksgiving time or a little before Thanksgiving time. So remember that. However, as I was saying, I want Joey to pick Zoe Antona. You know why? Because that means we can get rid of stupid couple nicknames. I, you know, you know, charity and, you know, Doughton, it's like Darity. Oh, hilarious. He put his D from his first name and the rest of her. Can we stop? That was like so 2000s with Benifer. Like we're in 2023 and we still got to give people stupid couple names. Let's stop. Zach and Katie. Zadie. <laughs> so funny. Zach and Katie. Zadie. Stop. That's why I wanted to pick Zoe. You know why? Because then you can't change. You can't have a stupid couple name. What are you going to do? Take the J in the last part of her name? Then it would be Joey. What are you going to do? Take the Z in the last part of his first name? Then it would be Zoe. No, ain't happening. So please, Joey, for God's sakes, just pick Zoe and put us all out of our misery. Or at least me. Because I definitely don't want to hear a stupid couple name. Not that the couples are stupid themselves. I'm just tired of couple names just because it is about the most uncreative thing you could think of. Great. You know how to combine the first letter of someone's first name with the last few letters of someone else's first name. And that's how you get this stupid couple name. Wow. You're, you're a real genius there. This has been going on for 20 years. Like Benifer was the first one. I remember when Ben Affleck and JLo were actually together in the what early two thousands. That was the first one where I remember the combining of the names and everybody just losing their shit over it. Then it just turned into every single couple that's together has to have a couple name mashed together. How about this? How about you call them Charity and Dotton? Is it really saving you that much time out of your life to call them Zarity or Chotton? No, it's not. Just call them Charity and Dotton. Just call them Zach and Katie. It's not that hard. Joey, pick Zoe for the love of God. Thank you. I've said my piece. All right, some challenge news over the weekend. I don't think this is a surprise to many people just because they've been dating at least a couple years now, but Nani and Casey have gotten engaged. Nani is not on the current season. She's not on the next season on MTV, but Casey is. 
but only as a legend coming back that we don't know the exact role, at least the non-spoiled people don't know the exact role. But we are going to crown a new champion on the MTV season because there are no former legends that are competing on the season. We know they are bringing 10 legends back to compete in the you know arena against some of these people in some capacity where these people are going to have to beat a legend. I would think... My guess would be you would have to beat a legend to at least qualify for the TJ's final, right? Because if you lose to a legend and then you end up winning the show, wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose? The whole point is beat a legend. But again, I don't know the spoilers. I don't want to know the spoilers for that season and what the role the legends have in it. We just know the legends are not coming on the show and competing. And if they win, they get to stay on as part of the cast. No, it is just, they are showing up in like the arena part and something happens there. So congratulations to uh, Nani and Casey uh, for their engagement. Interesting story that happened towards the end of last week. And with with the writer's strike going on, obviously there's a lot of scripted shows that are, are just done and we, they cannot go back to work until this writer's strike is settled, which looks like, have we gotten any closer in four months Because I certainly don't think we have, based on everything that I've read. I've read these people aren't even meeting. So it's going to be a lot of reality TV for the next few months, uh, for sure. You're still going to have your talk shows. However, towards the end of last week, Drew Barrymore had come out and said she was going to premiere her talk show, her, her next season of her talk show this week, because she said, look, we made it through COVID. We were able to put out shows then, and... I've got workers. We're not going to have writers on the show, but I'm still going to do a show. And she took a ton of shit, basically calling her a scab for crossing the picket line. Even though she wasn't going to have WGA writers and wasn't going to have writers on the show, she was still going to do a show where, you know, you can see some of the good. I mean, by doing a show, you're at least getting people who would be out of work to work. I get it. But she got so much heat for coming back and saying she was going to come back and she was going to premiere this week. She even took to, she gave out some sort of video. It was probably on her Instagram and talked about how this decision was very hard for her. She was brought to tears. She decided that she was still going to go through with it. She understands people are going to be upset at her and nothing she said was going to change anybody's mind. Those that were going to be upset, were going to stay upset at her, but it wasn't going to change her mind. She was going through with her show and you were going to see it premiere this week. Well, apparently the backlash got way too heavy for her, and she recanted. And now she is going to hold out until the strike is over, which is probably the smart thing to do. Same with Jennifer Hudson. She was going to come back for her talk show, and she decided, no, I'm going to wait until the strike is over. So, I mean, like I said, if Drew Barrymore would have came back, I understand people in the industry, us sitting at home who are not part of SAG-AFTRA, who are not actors, who are not writers, will never understand the situation that those people are in. And if Drew Barrymore would have come back, I mean, it wouldn't affect my life. I don't watch her show anyway. But I understand the people in the industry would look badly upon her, would frown upon her for doing that, for crossing the picket line, even though there are people who would have been able to earn a paycheck while she decided to come back versus not earning a paycheck and... You know, is there is there what's the trade off? Is it too much? Uh, It's for each and every person to determine. Well, Drew decided the backlash was too bad 
And even after her speech on, I believe, Friday, when she came out and said, look, I understand everyone's going to not everyone's going to be happy with me. And I understand that I'm never going to please anybody, but I got to go through with this. I got to we, we made it through when we did the show during covid. We can do it during the writer's strike. But apparently this this is different. And somebody got to her and said, however, they got to her. She changed her mind and recanted and she's not going to premiere until the strike is over, which, OK, whatever. But I think it goes to show that, you know, you can be loud enough. If you can be loud enough, you can make a difference. And I guarantee if only a few people here and there were like, oh, Drew, that sucks. Everyone else is out of work and you're, you know, you're coming back to work. I think she would have went through with it. But the fact that the audience was so loud over it and she was getting attacked, attacked, uh, even brought to tears over this. You know, I think it's actually a good thing that she decided to, you know what? I understand. This is a bigger deal than what I made it out to be and I'm going to and I'm going to stop. So, I appreciate her putting some thought into it and listening to the people and listening to the right people who told her like, "Hey, maybe you don't do this." You know, even though you would have been giving jobs to people and people would not have been out of work for as long it's not the right thing to do in your position. And same with Jennifer Hudson as well. So I guess congratulations to Drew Barrymore for recanting on premiering her talk show again uh, for this week. 90s Con was over the weekend in Tampa, Florida. And you know about 90s Con. I talked about it when I heard this was going to be a thing because I was considering going to it. I don't know. I see, I've seen a few videos. I've seen a few photos uh, you know, the 902 and O cast was there, all the OG cast. We're not going to get into the whole why wasn't Tiffany Amber Thiessen there. We're not we're not, I'm not getting into that. What I am going to get into is this, because I've read the WG, the, the the Writers Guild Association strike rules and stuff like that. And basically, you're allowed to go to conventions during the strike. However, you're not allowed to promote any past work which is really weird because why else would anybody go see the 90210 cast unless they were there to talk about their past work? Then you see what happened this weekend, and Tori Spelling is selling T-shirts that says Donna Martin graduates, and Jenny Garth is selling T-shirts that says I choose me. I, I, I think these women were a complete violation of what the rules said you can and can't do. It did not say you couldn't attend conventions. They didn't. They didn't jump the boat there and they didn't screw everybody over just by going to the convention because it says you can. It just says nothing. Do not acknowledge past work. I don't know the exact language. I read it, but I can't remind I can't remember it off the top of my head. But I know it talked about acknowledging past work and signing anything from past. Like you can't sign a picture of your face from when you were on 90210, like a headshot. So I, I don't understand how Tori and Jenny got away with selling T-shirts that said Donna Martin graduates and I choose me. But that's them and that's not me. Maybe they'll have to deal with the wrath of the WGA. I have no idea, but I just thought it was really interesting. Not only that, it's not like they were hiding it and somebody just you know posted it on TikTok or posted it on Instagram. Tori Spelling was putting it. It's on her Instagram feed right now. You can go look at her latest post. It shows her taking pictures of people with a Donna Martin graduate shirt on. So your guess is as good as mine on that one. And finally, with some Big Brother talk from last night. First off, we have to talk about the fact that Big Brother has changed their Sunday show. 
I guess because they were getting so many complaints, having it air right after 60 minutes on Sunday nights, and if CBS has a late game, it's going to bleed into 60 minutes, which would then push back the start of Big Brother, and it's not going to start at 8, 7 Central. So they just said, fuck it. We're not starting Big Brother on Sunday nights till 10.30 Eastern time, 9.30 Central, and it's still an hour show. And then I think West Coast is getting it at 8 o'clock Pacific time. So very weird timing uh, to start it at, a, at 30 past the hour. That's very rare for an hour show to start it at 30 past the hour. But that's what they've decided to do. So I'm not going to be recording my uh, daily roundups until later on in the night. Although, I'll tell you how I did last th- or this podcast right now. I recorded everything up to this Big Brother part earlier in between the ending of the afternoon games and before the Sunday night football game started because nothing else was really breaking. So then I think that'll be the plan is try and record that in that 30 to 45 minute window from those afternoon games ending and the Sunday night game kicking off and then just come back and drop in a few minutes on Big Brother. So in regards to last night, unfortunately, I was spoiled because so much stuff was coming across my TikTok for you page in the last few days. I knew that Jared had won. I did not know who he put up, though. I assumed it was Corey and America, although there was a possibility I thought he maybe do Corey and Cameron. But I did hear that Jared won, and I did see clips of Cameron talking to him and Corey talking to him and whatnot. But again, that whole conversation what, 10 hours before eviction last Thursday, and they show everyone in the uh, have-not room. It was Corey, it was Matt, it was Jared, it was Bowie Jane, it was Sari, and then they brought in Jag, and everybody knows that Jared was lying, and he even caught himself in a lie. But he tried to explain himself out of it. Not very well, by the way. However, Just listening to that conversation shows that if you do not follow the live feeds or if you don't take notes about this show and you just tune in Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday like I do, it's very, very hard to keep up with who the hell is saying what to whom. Because this whole thing about the seven deadly sins and for real, for real, I had already forgotten who was in what. And I didn't know who said what to whom. And did Jag say this to Jared? No, Jared made it up. And But then what did he make up? Seven Deadly Sins? Corey found out that that wasn't a real alliance. Wait, which was a real alliance? For Real For Real wasn't a real alliance? Or Seven Deadly Sins wasn't a real alliance? And which one was Corey a part of? It got so confusing to me. All I do know is if Jared did not win the Wall HOH, him and Sari were probably going up. And if they don't win the next one, I would think someone from the Matt Jag whoever survives between Corey and America. If any of them win the next HOH, I got to believe that Sari is going up, and so is Jared. There's just, it's almost like there's no way they're not, you know? But still a lot of gameplay left. But that's the Sunday night. That's the new, (laughs) that's the new thing for Sunday night is we don't get it till way later in the night now, and I'm going to have to split up my recordings to accommodate for that because I don't want to wait until 10:30 or 11 even though I have I do do it a lot 
to record both of my podcasts, my daily roundup and my sports daily. So going to try and uh, knock the daily roundup out a little bit early, at least the majority of it. So just a little insight to how this will be recorded going forward. All right. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Uh, if you want to hear my sports daily, it's going to be up in an hour from now. Didn't do so great in college. Did excellent in pros yesterday. Almost had an undefeated day. And then, um, again, if you want to ever remind yourself who these women are that are on Joey's season and what they look like, they are on my Instagram feed at Reality Steve. They're in my highlights on my Instagram feed at Reality Steve. They're gone from my story since those eliminate after 24 hours. So we'll obviously be referring to them as the season goes on. Filming should start either tomorrow night or Wednesday, and we take it from there. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!